Bizarre Companion Podcast. My name is David. And I'm Zach. And we are the Internet's premier Star Trek fan podcast. That's right. Trekking. Trekking. Through each episode. <laughs> By Stardate. Uh, in every iteration of the Star Trek universe. Um, and today, we are reviewing Enterprise uh, Season 1, Episode 21. And the name of the episode is Detained. Yeah, and uh, before we get into it, let's just say that, uh, you know, you can email us at thestarcompanion at gmail.com. We have received an email, I think as was stated earlier, from our boy John Kiniston. I just want to say, you're the man, John. Thanks for your email. We truly appreciate it. And big Johnny boy. And... Thank you for your support on Patreon, as well as our other dude, Troy Tempest. Troy T up in the house. There you go. Thank you for your support on Patreon. And because of this support on Patreon, I'm thrilled. I'm I'm just, I can't even contain how excited I am to watch Reanimator. We might even get, (laughs) we might get weighed in on it. Okay. Um, Maybe. Sees me fanboy over fucking, you know, Jeffrey Combs for no reason. <laughs> but anyway, that being said, we're going to review Reanimator. And um, I think we should put a portion of it up and then we'll put the rest of it on the Patreon only. I agree. That's a good idea. Um, and I, I love, again, I love working, workshopping show ideas while we're doing the show. I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's what sets us apart. And uh, just yeah. to continue that further, Troy Troy called our bluff. No one thought we would do it, <laughs> but Troy did. And Troy, <laughs> this one's for you, baby. Oh, man. And uh, so, yeah, as you all know, we're on all major podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. You can see our lovely faces. Well, David's lovely face, my ugly mug. And uh, anyway, let's... Oh, stop it, you. Oh, one final thing. Yes. Um, in the spirit of workshopping show ideas live, are we thinking about doing Discovery after season one? We are, yeah. And, Definitely. Uh, and then we'll continue. We'll kind of go back and forth between Discovery and um, Enterprise because, you know, we want to get Discovery in before the Picard show happens. And That's right. See, what we're, what we're doing here is we're trying to build a following and, you know... <laughs> While, inter- while reviewing Enterprise has been great, um, it it was one of the lowest rated Star Trek shows, correct? Yeah, and unfortunately. So, unfortunately, to this point, it's been kind of a niche niche audience. Not to say that we don't love everybody who's been listening, but we want to grow. We want to grow our fan base, and we want to get everybody involved. And um, if maybe if we can capture some of those Discovery watchers, uh, viewers... Um, maybe we can get them to come over to the light side and see that Enterprise is the number one iteration of Star, yeah. Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and if I'm being honest, I think the whole play is if we can capture those Discovery watchers, I think we can hopefully turn them into real Trekkies. Because yeah. as much as I enjoy Discovery, it's not true to Star Trek form. Um, okay. And so I think it would be fun to ho- hopefully, you know, create some new some new fans of yeah. Star Trek. 
take him away from the Star Wars, you know, yeah, big, big mass budget. media. G- yeah. T.J. Abrams smash Bullshit. and grab Michael Bay explosions. That's anyway, right. without further ado, take away the detained synopsis. Okie dokie. So in this episode, um, it begins with uh, Archer and and Ensign Mayweather laying on a on a dirty cement floor in what appears to be a cell. And um, they both eventually wake up, and uh, Travis reveals that they're in a complex full of Sulaban. Um, and so, dun-dun-dun! No! So they both leave the cell to try and find a way out. Um, and um, as they try to find a way out, you know, they're walking through the Sulaban, uh, uh, an alarm suddenly blares, and a, um, at this point, unknown humanoid a non-sulaban humanoid appears and instructs them to follow him mm-hmm. and so it's it we quickly find out that uh archer and mayweather are being held in a at first it appears to be a prison but as the episode progresses uh, we learn it's a um we learn it's kind of a detention or an internment camp detention yeah. area um and i i think it's really interesting you know because this you know this or enterprise started right around 9/11 and um they seem to i i don't see and this was something i was trying to research before the before that before we recorded this episode is like i wonder if this episode coincided with the with you know people finding out about Guantanamo Bay and then the subsequent mm. outcry about it you know because um it kind of it kind of seems to be almost a meditation on that a little bit yeah i think so i think it's um a direct meditation on manzanar yeah definitely Um, and he he even mentions it in the episode uh archer of course mentioned it because archer is a you know he's the all-american he knows everything about everything if he wasn't so much if dad wasn't so into water polo he'd be into football yeah he would be (laughs) you know um i think this so i think a lot of enterprise is watching the progression of not only the crew but the progression of archer as a good captain and yes you know the first the the person leading the charge for the uh you know uh the united federation of planets right and uh in this episode we kind of see a stick to his moral guns stone cold dad yeah <laughs> you know Frontier Justice, Dad. I take it you're the man in charge. <laughs> Whoa, Dad, get him! Yeah, obviously, but you know, I, I, I love you know. I'm glad you're mincing words with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so good. I, I, I like how. I mean, I think one of the and then here is a prime example of how. Uh, it would be nice to get Discovery fans into Enterprise. Is Star Trek is all about tackling and meditating on major subjects That's and right. uh, big, heavy topics. And so, mm-hmm. you know, by addressing maybe it coincides with Guantanamo, but addressing the idea and the uh, things that are wrong with Manzanar and internment camps yeah. is it's such. You know, I think I think television in the world now kind of needs more introspective television shows. I agree. Um, 
and not overtly introspective either. I mean, this is, I guess you could argue it's a little ham-handed, you know, because Archer yeah. does reference Manzanar, but it, I mean, it, I feel like it's done in a, it's done in a, in a nice way. It's, it's not kind of shoved down your throat. Um, yeah. I mean, having lived in California, I've, mm-hmm. I've actually had the, yeah, have you? Yeah, I've been. Yeah, and it's it's awful, man. It's fucking hot. It's it's out in the middle of the desert, and it's just like you know they have the little, you know they have the little uh, tourist center there where they have pictures and shit, and it just looks fucking awful. Yeah, and um, that's the way that this place looks like as well. And yeah. um, you know we we find out that the Sullivan, not all of them are part of the of the cabal. Not the of, cabal. all of them are with with. Um, genetically uh enhanced that's right and, and who's their leader what's uh Zurich or no not Zurich um Zurich. um oh fuck that's okay i'm not uh. good at stuff anyways um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you, we basically find out that the Suliban are um you know they're basically you know uh Silic. that's right um, they're prisoners of war, but they're not, you know, they're not combatants. They haven't been fighting against, um, the, the humanoids who've been holding them. And they, they are, um, they reveal themselves to be the Tandaran. Mm-hmm. Um, and the man in charge of the, the, the facility, his name is Colonel Gratt. And, um, just building on that whole Guantanamo Bay thing. I, I really think that he looks like George Bush. Oh my God. <laughs> Colonel right? Gratt looks like George Bush. Yeah, a little bit, and he, you know, he, he's kind of, he kind of seems kind of cool at first, but later he kind of, yeah. you know, he becomes kind of a hard ass, and so that's why I was, th- that's what I was thinking this whole episode. I was like, this is kind of a nod towards that, but then huh. again, I, I don't know. It's hard to kind of look back on that kind of like the timeline of that and see if this coincided with it, but my idea is that it probably did. Yeah, regardless, and I think that's, um, again, one of the more enjoyable things is you can impart things that have happened in the past on Star Trek. You yeah. Know, they, they they still hold most episodes. They still stand the test of time. Yeah, um, definitely. What I... Yeah, you know, I, I like... I mean, for example, they addressed uh, overcrowding in the detainment mm-hmm. facility. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, we, we have overcrowded jails. There's, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> I, I don't, I don't want to get political, but, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, there are, uh, you know, they're being, they're, they're border people being held. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it, depending on how you stand on that, this could be a meditation on something that you think you know that's happening now and uh mm-hmm. as you know like that's that is just the beauty of of star trek the only difference between this episode and what's happening now or in manzanar is there's no a- there was no access to uh vulcan lawyers <laughs> yeah. I, I, to paul being the vulcan lawyer <laughs> i i particularly enjoy the notion that you know, a Vulcan lawyer, they'd be better off getting the electric chair. Yeah. It's like, wow, nice. You know, what a mind. Can, can you imagine what court would be like um, if everyone was a Vulcan? Insufferable. It would be so long. The jurisprudence of that of that would just be 
Well, it either it would either be insufferable or it'd be very quick. It'd be swift, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Vulcans can't lie, so you know you can't have an attorney. Oh of yeah, yeah. Lying. True. Um, but you know, maybe give them a few couple hundred years in the Federation, they'll be lying their asses off. Mm-hmm. We already see T'Pol doing it. <laughs> yeah, right. Picking up uh, human traits. So, and so. Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was um, gonna. I'll go ahead then. <laughs> so I was going to say, you know, we find out that the Sullivan actually, they don't, they don't have a planet that they're from. Um, mm-hmm. The planet that they did live on at one point, I guess, became uninhabitable. Nice. Um, I think it's brilliant. This is, I was literally just about to say, I think it's so dope that the Sullivan are nomadic mm-hmm. and don't have a home. And yeah. so that, that sort of notion, I think, comes up a lot in uh, space is nomadic peoples who don't have a home yeah. tend to either uh, gravitate towards an evil side mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe become traitors. That's right. Um, what do they say? Hardship is the... Uh, I, I'm not good at things, but that, yeah, that, I mean... That's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. Um but yeah, no, that and definitely, you know, and that that kind of keeps it more in the gray area as well. It's like, is you you kind of you can, you can kind of see why Silic did what he did, and you can kind of see what sure. the, why the Cabal did what they did. I mean, you know, they're running around blowing shit up and you know starting civil wars. That's not so cool. But um, you know, if the price is to get out of unbelievable poverty and and have a, a nice mm-hmm. home for yourself, it's tempting, you know. Yeah, it's a it's an honest to god gray area. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wish Enterprise did more gray area episodes. Ones that were, you know, well, I don't know where the moral compass on this lies. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do to survive or win. Right. And uh, as I harp on damn near every episode, DS9 is God. <laughs> and it's all about the moral gray areas. Yeah. But I digress. I have a question for you, too, in fact. Go for it, big dog. Uh, both of them have to do with. Uh, Trav and Dad in the detention mm-hmm. facility, and both of them relate to water. So Trav and Dad, they're thirsty, and they go to where all the Sulaban are getting their water, and mm-hmm. they just pour themselves a cup. Mm-hmm. Would you just drink alien water? No, especially not in a detention center. Um, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I wouldn't. I didn't drink the water when we went to India. I wouldn't drink the water yeah. on yeah, fucking exactly. whatever this planet name is. How are you supposed to know if it's like? I, I mean, if it's water, even. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a. <laughs> I I hate finding the uh, the red herrings in in these episodes, but I'm yeah, like, yeah. man, I I wouldn't have drank that water. No, and, and it looked like it came out of rusty, you know. It looked Not like flint, a, flint water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my other question that pertains to water and Dad and Trav. Uh, so you notice how everyone was washing their clothes. A lot of this kind of stems around, you know, uh, Dad ends up meeting um, one of the Suluban defectors or leaders of the def- detention facility, if you will. Danik. Yes, because of what... A conversation that takes place in a uh, laundry facility on in the detention facility, right? Yeah. And my thought is, these boys, they just haven't washed their clothes. Yeah. 
Are they just not going to wash their clothes? Everyone else is. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? If you're, if you're living on board the Enterprise, you got to figure that they have automated washing machines. You know, mm-hmm. especially if it's the future, you probably haven't used the washing machine ever. Maybe um, they don't know how. Yeah. Which explains why they were so kind of machismo in the in the laundry area. You know, they don't mm-hmm. understand the subtle politics of being in a laundry laundromat. Let me tell you, I was in a laundromat this weekend, and you know, I, I'm a top dryer kind of guy. Good man. And um, you know, it becomes a whole thing. Who's got the space? And I think some people, some people don't know how to contain their laundry or their kids. <laughs> Yeah. And it kind of drives me crazy. That is correct, yeah. Um, you know, and if if you can't do either of those, you know, you, you start to wonder, what's their home life like? What's their house like? I do wonder that. <laughs> I sit there and create their lives, consider what it must be like to be them. Judge them. How much try laundry to get... there is. Yeah. Now, Fuck. How much laundry there is. <laughs> You know, is everyone here? Is this the whole family? That's a lot of laundry. <laughs> yeah. Did they separate the whites? Does mom have a different load? What's going on? What's going on? Does everybody on? just throw them all together like some mongrels? I think one of the uh, one of the best lines in this is all that seems to matter is the way we look. Mm. And I know that's pretty on the nose, but I think it speaks to, like we were saying, the hard topics of Star Trek and entertainment facilities yeah, <clears throat> and internment camps. And how they look, it, they kind of look, they look like those floors in Chuck E. Cheese. Nice. You know, like, you know, like those <laughs> foam plastic floors. They look exactly like they're made out of that. It's, um, I was thinking, uh, like, year, decades old... Uh, Popcorn ceiling? <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe in a house where someone smoked? Yeah. That's funny. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really to, funny. To that end, then. Uh, anyway. Uh, anyway. What's his name? The... So I was looking at my notes here. It was Danik? Tan- yeah. The, the... Sure, go with Danik. So they, they mount a, an escape, a daring escape, and uh, they beam... Reed down, and he's disguised as a Sulaban. Who looks great. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. So funny. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're able to, you know, the Enterprise shows up, eventually finds them, uh, blows up some stuff, and uh, apparently there's a shuttle shuttle bay close by, and all the Sulaban are able mm-hmm. to run out there and escape. Um, one thing, though, that I didn't quite understand is... Um, did Danik ever make it out alive? Did Danik and his friend ever make it out alive? Because in the beginning, you know, in the fight, mm-hmm. in the when the fight scene began, mm-hmm. I think it, I don't know if it was Danik, I think it was Danik's friend got shot. And so Danik went back for him. And it's like, you never see him again for the rest of the episode. So um, did he sacrifice himself for the cause? Did he become the leader? Um, let's hope so. And let's also pontificate <laughs> on the notion that if Enterprise were to have gone seven seasons, maybe the kid that mm. Dad was talking to would help lead a revolt or rebel squad of Solabon. 
Okay. Against, against the, the cabal. Because she's got a, you know, a blood feud. Right. And she's been orphaned. <laughs> that would be, yeah, that'd be a great, great continuity right there. Thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah. Seven, seven years later, brooding over your father's death. And you're ready to you're ready to kick some some genetically modified ass. So, is there is there any genetically modified ass? <laughs> We've had a lot of good one-liners this episode. This <laughs> so, that's, let's that's... see if there's anything good. Um, oh, something interesting. Um, the the guy who played Colonel Gratt, um, apparently he. His name's Dean Stockwell. Yeah, and he, he was in Quantum Leap. Yeah, with Bax. <laughs> <laughs> and there is one more thing I wanted to bring up as well. Um, I'd like to find out what you have to be to be a, a designer for the for a gross alien gruel. Um, I would I would really like to be that guy. You know what I mean? Because whenever someone gets held hostage, it's like, here, have this, and it's like. It looks like, you know, oats. Like it's oatmeal. Oats. It's gotta be. You, you think so? Yeah. I think it's like cereal or maybe like, you know, raisin bran or I don't know, mixed with mustard or something. Oh, I don't it know. looks so mushy and watching Archer eat that shit just grosses me out. Yeah. <laughs> Every fucking time. You said you wanted to be the guy who made it? Yeah. Okay, I'm so really... how, how... Go ahead. Uh, well... I'm really into having, you know, obscure niche jobs that make a lot of money. Like I've always, <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of falls right in there. Like I've always wanted to be the 94 seven wave guy, you know, that does that. He probably makes pretty good money. Oh, sure. Yeah. I always want to be the KUSC guy. How does that go? <laughs> well, it's gotta be easy, dude. What does he say? Oh, you're listening to KUSC. <laughs> They just have, like, you know, he's just, like, the ad reader in between. Yeah. Coming up next is Tchaikovsky, followed by Beethoven. I, I don't, I, you know, yeah. I don't think okay. I have a, I don't think I have a good uh, soft NPR radio voice. You got a face for radio, though. That's for sure. Huh. Wow. <laughs> I wish that was a, I wish that were a compliment. You can, uh. See if he's right on YouTube, the <laughs> yeah. Star Companion. Uh, so, uh, anyway, that, that's all I really got for this episode. Yeah, I think that's enough. I think that'll yeah. do, pig. That'll do, pig. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Shout out again, our boys John Kennison, Troy Tempest. Thank you for all your love and support. And all the, the silent majority. We and, yes, to everybody. You fine. You know what? Do you guys prefer being called Trekkies or Trekkers? Send us an email. Um, bye. Bye. <laughs>